Life Audio. While there are certainly many challenges in the world that we are currently living in, I think that one of the biggest challenges for so many of us is the fact, the reality, that even though we are in a warfare, we are in a spiritual warfare, there are real forces fighting against us, and this isn't intended to be a weird thing, we're going to talk about it, but even though we are in a warfare, there are real forces fighting against us, so many of us either refuse to see it, or can't see it because we are so consumed with everything else that's happening in our world. We are fighting a real war. There are real forces that bring about real circumstances that seek to prevent us from moving forward, and yet there is victory. We're going to talk about this today. I am so excited to have a great guest on with me today that has recently written a book that helps us understand how we can move forward in this wilderness we so often find ourselves in. We'll jump into that in just a minute. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hello and welcome to the March or Die Show today. Very glad to have you joining me. Really appreciate your time, of course, and uh, I'm excited about getting into the content today. So helpful. This is a very helpful episode that offers a very helpful resource, and I would encourage you to stick with us today. If you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, please do that right now. You can subscribe at this moment. Go ahead and do that, and then take some time. Go over to jeremystalnicker.com, jeremystalnicker.com. You can find uh, everything you would possibly want to know and more about me over on that website. So please take some time to check that out. We, in the world that we're living in, we struggle. We have difficulty. We, so many of us, struggle with things that no one else knows about. We talk about this all of the time on this show. We talk about marching when it would be easier to stay where you are and die. Uh, I have alluded to, and I, I've done a few episodes, I think, dealing with this, at least peripherally. Uh, there is an enemy 
in this battle we're in, in this 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 fight that we have against the obstacles and the trials and the traumas and the difficulties, uh, there is a real enemy. And for those of us that believe what the Bible says, we understand there is a spiritual realm, and not everyone in that spiritual realm is for us. Uh, there are those who are against us, because as we are unable to fulfill the purpose for which we were created— then God uh, ultimately is not glorified, is not lifted up, and is not revealed or shown to the rest of the world. It's very important that we live out our created purpose. And so there are forces that seek to prevent us from moving forward in a meaningful way, forces uh, that seek to really destroy us and generations coming behind us. Um, This is one of those areas, again, it's hard for us to get our brains around But we very practically need to understand the nature of the warfare that we're involved in. And uh, very thankfully, a a friend, uh, a pastor, um, someone that I've known for a long time, has written a book about this specifically using an illustration from his life and and struggles that he and his family have had. Uh, But really laying out this fight that we're in, this warfare that we're in, uh, it's very hope-filled. It is very... Uh, practical is something you can get your hands on. I'm, I'm grateful for the resource, and I really want you to get a hold of it. And you can find a link to the book and uh, other resources in the show notes, of course. But this interview with Brian Haynes, pastor of Bay Area Church in League City, Texas, um, is so helpful. And I'm very grateful to be able to bring this to you. Please take some time to not only listen, but then share this out. You know folks that need to hear this. And now, my interview with Brian Haynes. Brian, thanks for joining me. Uh, really looking forward to this conversation. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. Appreciate it. Uh, there, there is, uh, there's so much here. I, I was just mentioning to you. Um, I wish we had hours to to walk mm-hmm. through the book, and it hasn't even been uh, released yet. So I don't want to get into everything, of course. But we need to talk about it. Such an important conversation. And I was telling someone the other day. I think I think it was my wife and I were sitting down and talking. So one of the the challenges, I think, and it's probably in a good way, but one of the challenges of being a Christian that reads the Bible and and sincerely, although failing often, (laughs) seeks to please God, it's almost like you've been red-pilled, right? Because you you cannot look at the world the same way. You can't see the world the way other people do. And um, even in those moments where I feel like, you know what, forget it, I I can't because God, through the Holy Spirit, opens Mm -hmm. up what's happening around us and what we're involved in. And uh, reading your book reinforced that for me. And I think in a lot of ways um, kind of brought me back to that, that same understanding that we're, we're in something real and we, we can win. The victory has already been, been purchased for us by the blood of Christ, but um, we need to be in the fight. And I really appreciate you, you writing the book and putting it out and um, I, We'll get to it, but I can't imagine some of the things that you probably went through as you were writing that. But before we jump into that, I've known you for a long time, and um, we've had a relationship for, I don't know, 10 years or, or more. I don't know how long, but it's been a long time. And mm-hmm. uh, I've known you to influence in, in such an incredible way many of the folks that we work with here at the Mighty Oaks Foundation. And uh, you, you've just been such a such a blessing to so many. Um, but for those that don't know you, give us some of your background. Let's just start with, with your history and, and how you got into uh, pastoring full-time ministry and the work that you're doing now. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, first of all. I'm really uh, proud of the work that you guys do and uh, thankful, Jeremy, for all you do. Um, so I, I think the short of it is uh, about 16 years old, I was in a small group of guys 
being discipled by uh, a now long life mentor who was my youth pastor at the time. And wow. I just felt really called, like I could do nothing else but uh, but go into ministry. And back then I thought I would be like with students forever kind of yeah. deal. And just over time through college and different experiences, God, God made it clear that I needed to be a uh, lead pastor. And so I came here to Bay Area Church uh, 12 years ago. It's kind of a revitalization uh, effort. It's been yeah. uh, really fruitful. So I'm, I'm grateful. Um, married my high school sweetheart. Uh, her name is Angela. We met in homeroom in like 10th grade. And we have, <laughs> uh, we have three daughters, uh, 23 graduated from Texas A&M. Wow. And then a 20-year-old who's at te- Texas A&M. And then a 15-year-old here uh, with us still. So yeah. that's us in a nutshell. Uh, we're in that stage where we have two teenage kids and now two young twenties, uh, kids. And man, it's a different stage of life. You think that once they're out, it it's like, okay, they're out. It's okay. They can move on now. And no. my mom was telling me today, this morning, she said, I, I heard a long time ago that as a parent, you're only as happy as your saddest child. And she said, that is the truth. <laughs> even though my kids are, you know, and, and for her, we're in our late forties. She's like, it's true, man. That's every day of parenting. And, uh, there's so it much is. to that. Um, when you came to writing this book, and you've written several books, um, this one to me, and, and I can't speak for you, I, I don't know this, but it, it seems so personal, and a lot of what you talk about in it is very personal. What motivated you to, you, you counsel this way, you talk about this a lot, you help people through this, but what motivated you to sit down and invest the time and energy in, in writing it and putting it out for the rest of the world to, uh, to receive? What was, what was the catalyst for that for you? Yeah, so that is a uh, in, uh, intense question for me. I mean, even mm-hmm. just uh, thinking about what the catalyst was. Um, so, my oldest daughter, and she would tell the story if she were sitting here. So I'm not, not, uh, not telling her story right. for her. Right. But, but she, uh, she was sexually assaulted as a child. We didn't know it. We had no idea. And uh, she, when she went to college, she just had, she just started going through this kind of depressive state and something about that transition triggered thoughts and memories and dreams and all those kinds of things. So we we sent her to a counselor that I knew uh, close by and that counselor called me and was like, Mm. man, has she ever, has she ever been sexually abused? I was like, nope, we're, we're the, uh, no, no, spend the night family. We've just seen too much in ministry yeah. and, uh, and, and we haven't, but, um, they did EMDR, which I'm sure, uh, you, you know, and a lot of sure. your listeners know what EMDR is and, uh, they pulled specific time, place, person, wow. and I could put that person in my house in that time frame because of, uh, it was associated with a, a hurricane, their house mm. flooded, they came to live with us, that kind of thing. So, uh, she was 18 at the time. She's 23. Now that began, uh, we had already been on the journey, but we didn't know why it was, yeah. a, we were, she was struggling with depression, anxiety, uh, it was affecting our whole family. Uh, but now we had the, why we had the understanding. And then we went through on the, this journey, began to go through this journey together and, and me personally, as a man, like forget the pastor thing, you, yeah. you're just not. Um, you don't have the tools 
to to navigate that. And so I just went through this process of navigating. Uh, how am I going to get her help? How am I going to confront this individual? Because the individual was close. How how am I going to shepherd my family during the midst of that? And how are we going to survive? Because honestly, there were moments where I thought like this whole thing is going to go in a bad direction. I mean, you're talking about sustained amount of what I would call warfare and mental challenge, um, mental health challenge, like three years of intensity. So um, it affects your marriage. It affects, it affects your, um, your personhood, your own mental health. Uh, And of course you've got that in our case, an adult child that we're really trying to help through the trauma and the wound of all that. And, the legal stuff comes about and all that, all that stuff. So it's just, it's just intense, but it it was that it it was that coupled with like we had had hurricane Harvey just before, kind of before a little bit before all that, just the, all the stuff that I saw coming out of people as a pastor Mm -hmm. in that. And then uh, the pandemic, just like everybody, um, you know, we saw in our region just an, a huge influx of depression, anxiety, suicidal ideation, uh, all that stuff. And then I, I did a talk on sexual abuse at my church and, um, it was sad, but eye opening. We probably had a thousand people there that day or something. And, um, we just put up a little QR code that to, hmm. for people to grab to say, I need help or I need to talk about sexual abuse. And, and yeah. if we had a thousand people there, we had uh, almost 200 responses to that card wow. and, or yeah. that QR code. And so yeah. it just made me know like this is that particular issue is epidemic. People don't know how to navigate it. There's 40 you know year olds going through stuff that they experienced when they were a child or a right. teenager. Right. Um, uh, just the amount of trauma, depression, anxiety, all that. It just made me, I, th- I think the war just, just said uh, somewhere deep inside of me, you need to, you need to write these things down and share the deep things that you learned about me, the deep things you learned about the enemy and warfare that, that happens in, in situations like that and how to get help um as you're walking through so it's a long answer to a question but i I think it's legitimate it's a great great answer um what was your family's response i'm sure that well i'm not sure i guess but maybe you wrote it and just told them but uh i would assume you sat them down and said hey i feel like we need to do this and Mm -hmm. you know obviously it's going to expose us in some ways Uh, how, how did they respond your wife your daughter's yeah, each a little bit differently. So the oldest one that actually went through uh, the trauma, uh, she is uh, she's a warrior at heart, like mm. a justice warrior. So once she was healthy again, yeah, she was like, "We got to tell the story. We got to yeah. we got to uh, get this out. We got to help people." Um, but each person was a little bit different, you know, just depending on their personality situation. Um, my wife is more, uh, she wants to help people, but more private with our sure. personal matters. Yeah, and sure. so it was like, 
let's be careful about how we say what we say and, and all those kinds of things. But still the, the, the whole tribe, the Haynes tribe was like, mm. we, we equated it to, we have these five loaves and two fish yeah. and we can give it to Jesus, something to bless. And he might use this part of our story and redeem it somehow to uh, help so many other people. Yeah. So Man, that's such yeah, a we great were all good with it. It's a great perspective. I, I've I've talked about redemption in that way before. That you know, redemption. When we're not talking about salvation, we're talking about life and life circumstances. Right. It's really taking that which is worthless or broken and giving it value. And mm-hmm. what an incredible way to give value to something that man was so painful for your family and so difficult for you all to walk through, but giving it value to so many other people. Um, there's just there's so much power in that. Uh, one of the things I appreciate about the way you wrote about that as well is you didn't make the book about one event. You right. used your event um, as an illustration to talk about something much larger that applies to all of us, regardless of what we may be struggling through, that topic of spiritual warfare. And, and I appreciate that. I think sometimes we can tend to uh, veer into the lane of I'm going to make my story up here mm-hmm. and then hopefully fit God in somewhere. And you <laughs> right. did the exact opposite of that, which is, is fantastic. It's, it's God's story. And, and mm-hmm. let me just illustrate how that has taken place or unfolded in my life, which is, is fantastic. And so as I'm reading that, so many personal illustrations and circumstances and, and things that we've dealt with came to mind because really it's about God's work. And, mm-hmm. um, that, that idea of spiritual warfare, I feel like so many Christians are asleep in our world. Um, you know, the Bible says that we need to, to run with patience the race set before us after we've set aside the weight and the sin. That is an intentionality in, in what God has set before us, and yet we are so often just drifting. Um, can you talk about spiritual warfare generally, what you mean when you talk about that or what we should understand when we talk about that? Um, and then... We'll work from there, but some specifically how, how we should view that around us. And again, you, you spend a lot of time talking about this. It's not the idea of looking for the devil under every rock or whatever, but, um, okay. but it is real and it has a real impact on our lives. Can you just, just kind of give us a primer on that? Yeah. So uh, I think, first of all, to understand spiritual warfare, you have to understand the context in which we live and uh, kind of have the wool uh or the scales uh, pulled off your eyes because, you know, a biblical worldview would say uh, that everything after Genesis chapter three, where we sin and Adam and Eve are, are removed from the garden of Eden, which was paradise. um, Everything between that Genesis chapter three and all the way to the end of the Bible uh, revelation, where everything is restored, all things are made new. Everything between is wilderness uh, in the Bible. And so our context mm. living in the world that we live in today is is like a barren, broken wasteland compared right. to Eden or compared to what it will be. And so a lot of our why, our why questions come from just like we don't understand our context. We think because we have green yards, because we have sprinkler <laughs> systems or whatever right. that we, we're good. But... The reality is uh, we, we live spiritually in a broken uh, environment, broken wasteland, and our lives prove it. Sin, the effects of sin, the, the sins of other people that wound us, 
all of that is just part of that. But on top of that, it's not only that we're in a in, in the wilderness, but we are also in a war. Um, are a part of a, of a great war yeah. uh, on sin, and we have a real enemy. Uh, the scripture describes him as Satan, Lucifer, the adversary. He's the father of lies. That's his favorite thing to do is, is, is take situations and lie into them so that mm-hmm. we believe lies and begin to you know, believe uh, to our to our core, and so it affects our mental health, our emotional health, our physical health, all these kinds of things. So the enemy's mission, according to Jesus in John ten, is to kill, steal, and destroy. And I think we just—I don't know—I think sometimes we um, figure because we're the good guys or whatever that we're uh, immune to that. Yeah, but. And we're right in the crosshairs of that that mission to kill, steal, and destroy, and we have to we have to take that seriously. Sometimes we mm-hmm. feel it more than other times in life. But we have to we have to start there with the baseline. Understand we're in the wilderness and we're in a war, and we have a real enemy, according to Jesus, not according to Brian, that seeks right. to kill, steal, and destroy. And so, um, when you understand that. And you understand that everything's connected, spiritual, mental, physical. It's all connected. You can't like separate those things. Um, You begin to see the impacts of that warfare uh, in your life and in the life of your family over time. And as dads, as moms, as husbands, as wives, we have this kind of responsibility to, to lead our family through that. And so it's, it's kind of hard. And, uh, and that's why one reason I wrote the book is I really wanted people to understand, like, how do you fight when life isn't as it should be because, because of this wilderness and because of this warfare that we're in. Yeah. You, you mentioned that uh, several times, I think, um, or maybe it just stuck out to me. And so I feel like it was several times, but, uh, life is not as it should be. And, and really Mm -hmm. getting a hold of that and understanding that, um, but you also begin by talking about the hope. You talk first about God and then work from there, which mm-hmm. I just, you know, as someone who's written a lot and, and spoken a lot, I, I was thinking as I opened the book and got into it, this is going to start with the problem and lay out the problem, and eventually we'll get to the hope. Mm-hmm. You started with the hope and then worked from there and then wrapped it back into the hope that you began with, which mm-hmm. I really appreciated because when we find ourselves in that wilderness, we understand we're there. Man, it can be so hopeless that we know there's something going on and we just don't want to engage with it. Um, how do you maintain that connection to the hope? How do you maintain that connection to, mm-hmm. I may be between the gardens, as as you also say, mm-hmm. um, and there are going to be some fights, there's going to be some difficulties, but all is not lost. Mm-hmm. And there is reason to rejoice and to experience peace and hope. Yeah. So <clears throat> this is going to be the simplest answer you've ever heard in your life. But I like simple answers because I'm a simple is, person. Um, we have to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have to be people, no matter what circumstance we're in, that hear and obey Jesus. That's mm-hmm. the definition of, of a disciple is someone who hears and obeys. And so when we were at our worst, and I'm talking about like 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 I'm laying on the driveway in the summer looking up at the sky kind of screaming at God because 
because I'm wondering if he's as good as 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 yeah. he said he was. You know, yeah. I had to. Uh, I get to do that as his kid. That's the beauty. He he can handle that. But but also, the, my lifeline during that time was the Book of Psalms. And I would read, I read Psalms, I don't know how many times I read the book of Psalms over a three-year time frame. I read it every morning, journaled on it, thought about it. And the reason it was so good for me was David or the psalmist, depending on which one I was reading, they were just so honest about their emotion, about their feeling, about what they're going through and who God is in it. And I needed to be reminded of the steadfast love of God, how yeah. he's victorious, yeah. how he's our refuge and strength. And, um, and so the lifeline truly is staying in relationship with him, even in the deepest, darkest part of the wilderness or the, or the heaviest part of the, the, the war, the battle, because if you disconnect, that's when you die. I, I'm, that's when you bleed out in the wilderness and you, you die. And, uh, and I, I'd say that the second part of it is you cannot, you can't do this alone. Um, so I, I mean, I have this group of elders in my life here at our church, but three of them are like really close with me and they walked this like every step of the way. I mean, I was never alone. Um, the entire time we had, law enforcement guys here at our church that were helping me that were, I was just not alone um, in any, any situation. Um, And as I look back on that, like why, why, and I think you guys probably say this, you know, no, no man fights alone. Nobody fights alone. And when you get in that, um, if you don't have a tribe, if you don't have community, you don't have brothers and sisters that, that, that are holding you up. Um, you know, I, I was that, I am that guy that's usually holding everybody else up. And so it was hard to just be honest and like, here's what we're going through. Yeah. But, but if I hadn't had the book of Psalms and about three dudes, I, hmm. I think I would have died. And, the, but that tribe and, and that, that connection to God, daily i was driven toward that it was like i i didn't i didn't have any other hope you know i just i just i needed to hear from god um those those things are they're simple like read your bible and have some friends but yeah profound um profound principles uh for navigating this kind of wilderness war what impacts you every day There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. 
Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And and the the key there, I think, is to not wait until you're in the middle of the fight to read your Bible and, and get the right people around you. And, um, you know, a lot of us wait till we're in the fight and then it's like, oh, what do I do? Let me find right. some people. And we start to panic, uh, you know, in, in physical warfare before you go somewhere, you train, you prepare, you learn mm-hmm. everything you can about the enemy. You do your best to be prepared so you're not figuring it out on the fly. Um, but so many of us wait until we're in the middle of the fight to figure it out. So putting those pieces in place um, prior to getting into the fight. Absolutely. I think I, I do, I do see that often with people is they don't know what to do when they get in the, in the bad places because they didn't have a support system. They didn't have a community. They have no real relationship with God. Um, And so when they get there, it's, it's significantly uh, more difficult. You, you, you broke the book down in several uh, uh, sections. And after each section, you actually wrote out a prayer to kind of bring it together, how we can internalize what's Mm -hmm. happening. Uh, It it was all great. Your section on uh, identity I think was particularly meaningful to me and I think would be um, to a lot of the folks listening. Uh, how, how does identity play into this, our engagement in this, uh, this warfare? Mm-hmm. Well, identity is, uh, is everything. It's not about um, where you are in the battle, where you are in the wilderness. It's about who you are, where you are. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. one of the things that we have to understand these these are maybe shocking statements, but I think they're they're biblically accurate. Is um, that there are only two kingdoms according to the scripture? There's a kingdom of light and a kingdom of darkness, mm-hmm. and the king, the sovereign king of the universe, oversees and has authority over all of it. But we are in our sin, like born into this kingdom of darkness. Everything about the scripture says that in our sin, we're at war with God. I don't want to be at war with God, right? And so uh, that's the the beauty of the gospel, that Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins. And because of that, he rose again and sent it to heaven, sent the Holy Spirit. Because of that, when we're born again, when we confess him as Savior and Lord for the forgiveness of our sin, he gives us a new identity. It's it's way more, it is forgiveness, but it's way more than forgiveness. It's new identity. Yeah. I go from being at war with God right. to being his kid. Yeah. Who I yeah. get to call him Abba, da- Daddy, Father. I have access to him uh, anytime I want. And he gives me an inheritance. He treats me mm-hmm. as his kid. So, um, the thing about identity is that the enemy, he, he, he likes to lie to us about our identity, especially in difficult, uh, difficult places. He'll try to lie to us about our father. Like your, your dad's not as good as he said he was. He wouldn't be going through this if God was good. Where was God? Why did he not, you know, why did he let you go through this? Um, 
And so what I've, what I've learned in, in pastoral ministry, but also through my own just like difficulty is that God is the same. According to Malachi, he's the same, uh, always, he never changes, he's always the same. And so my circumstances change if I'm on the mountaintop and feeling great or deep in the valley and, and feeling like I'm going through that valley of the shadow of death, uh, my circumstances change because God doesn't change. That's good. That's good. The other thing I've found is he doesn't like typically there's no extraction. Like there's no Blackhawks that come and, you know, and then they're <laughs> going to get me out of this terrible situation. Right. And, right. But he is, he is Emmanuel God with us. And so he is the good shepherd that leads us through the Valley of the shadow of death. So so what I know in warfare is he's going to be with me. And I can yeah. tell you on the other side of our, yeah. our deep, dark difficulty, um, that's one of my key takeaways is like, like Jesus just sat with me in the ashes of it and he led us out of it. Um, and the enemy, um, we have wounds for sure. Um, but the story of God and his goodness uh, and the story of health and healing and freedom in our own family is, is going to, is going to bear fruit uh, in the face of the enemy for the glory of God and the good of, of people. Yeah. And so knowing who you are changes everything. It's not going to change your circumstance. It's going to change who, how you understand who you are in the midst of that circumstance and how you walk through it. Yeah, that's good. Oh, man, that's so good. I Identity is, you know, in my experience working with uh, so many of the folks that we work with, it's that loss of identity or uh, just an unclear understanding of who you are in Christ. And it, it wrecks people <laughs> because it if does. they don't know who they are, as you mentioned, they don't know how to operate, how to function, how to think. Um, they don't know how to walk in victory. They don't know how to experience peace and have hope because they're trying to obtain something that, you know, if they're in Christ, they already have. And, um, man, that's so big. Um, <laughs> every one of these points I, I could spend a long time talking about, mm -hmm. but let me ask this question. I, as I, I've written things in the past, I always find that I learned so much just going through the process of, of writing on whatever the topic is. Um, what are some of the big lessons that you personally learned as you were going through the process of writing? Uh, if you're like me, and you may not be, but if you're like me, when I start to write, it's because I feel like I have something to write and something to say. And then I get a halfway into it. I'm like, ah, let's go back and start over. I've learned just in the process of unpacking that. Uh, were there some lessons God showed you in the process of, of putting all this together? Yep. I think one thing that uh, I was forced to think about as I was writing for people is, um, is part of what God offers us when we're going through difficulty is, is a common grace that is medicine or that is counseling or that is, it could be other people's expertise related to a particular issue. And, you know, sometimes I think as, as, uh, as conservative believers, we have this tendency to think, well, uh, the Bible is all that I need uh, to get through this. And, and, and practically I learned, but also as I thought, you know, how do we, how do we help people? 
we have to get over the idea that everything is um, everything about everything is in the scriptures right. because the scripture is, is all true. It's, it's inerrant and it's everything God wants us to know uh, right now about him and about life and all those kinds of things. But common grace is this idea that there is knowledge in the world that people have because of education, because of study, because of science, because of technology. So often I run across people that, that are afraid to take medic medicine, like for depression at any, any level for any length of time. Or um, sometimes people will say, I only want to go to a biblical counselor. I don't want to go to a Christian counselor that's a psychologist. Right. Um, and, and one of the things that I, we learned, but I also researched a lot about was like, is that really, is that really the right line in the sand uh, to, to draw? And uh, my conclusion was, and, and it's kind of what I wrote, is as you're building your tribe when you are... Uh, you're 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 going through things and you need help um you do need a you need a doctor yeah yeah <laughs> you need yeah. you need a counselor that uh really understands how your mind works how the brain works how behavior works um because there will be there will be moments like they, the the psalms are speaking to me about who god is and the mm. darkness that i feel in my heart but i don't know what's going on chemically in my yeah, brain. I, right. I, I, I don't understand that. And so that was one big takeaway was like, let's embrace common grace that mm -hmm. God gives us. Um, that's, that's common to everybody in the, in the world. It, it comes from him. Everything that's true comes from God. Um, yeah. And so that was one part. The second part I think was just a, a bigger awareness of the intersect of um, mental health and spiritual health um, mm. uh, and spiritual warfare, because I, I've noted over time, just as a pastor, sometimes it's really difficult to tell the difference between what is a mental health challenge or diagnosis and what is a spiritual warfare issue that might be like uh, demonic oppression or even possession. Um, and uh, it, it's hard to, to navigate. And, and just as I, thought and prayed and learned and studied, I realized like you can't really separate those two things into two different uh, quadrants. You have to work uh, on both of them at the same same time. And I think people either go one way or the other. And I would say, don't do that. It's all right. connected. So if you can build a tribe that understands you know, psychologist that understands there is a spiritual, they're, they're Christian and they understand there's a spiritual war going on and intercessors, prayer warriors, uh, who can intercede for you, even as you're going to counseling. Um, I, I think that's, that's important. Yeah. That's such a great takeaway. Um, and you spend a lot of time kind of talking about that. I think even part of your story, you talk about how we did everything, you know, in those moments we did everything and came at it from all sides. It took me a long time to get to the point where I realized like the Bible governs everything. Sure. And so if you have a doctor, a psychiatrist, a whatever, uh, counseling to do something that is contrary to the Bible, you know, that's the line. The Bible governs everything. Right, right. But um, I don't go to the Bible. I haven't for broken bones and, you know, other physical injuries. And we, right. we know that, but somehow 
there is a disconnect. And so that was very, very helpful as you walk through that. Uh, so many great things here. Uh, highly commend this to folks reading War in the Wilderness, Fight for Your Family, When Life Isn't As It Should Be. And uh, very grateful that you would take the time to write that. Where, so we're, as we're recording, we're waiting for it to be released. Uh, where will it be released? Where can people find it and even pre order right now? Yep. So you can pre order at Amazon.com. Um, there's a website called warinthewilderness.com that our publisher brought, bought publisher is uh, Randall House D6 family. Awesome. Um, and so you can go to war, warinthewilderness.com. You're, you're going to be able to get it anywhere you would get books, but uh, those are the two places I'd recommend right now. Fantastic. Brian Haynes, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we can talk some more. I, I um, can't wait for some of the folks that I know <laughs> to get a hold of the book and uh, really hopefully apply it to their lives, but it's going to open up some great conversations as well. So thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. So grateful for that conversation. I highly commend to you the reading of the book. Um, great, great book, War in the Wilderness. Fight for your family when life isn't as it should be. Fight for your family when life isn't as it should be. Uh, you need to get a hold of this. Read it. Read it with your family. Uh, take some time to work through the various sections. It's laid out very clearly. One section builds on the next. It's very actionable. Uh, I, I, again, I could not recommend it any more highly. Very grateful that uh, Brian would write it and that he would uh, spend some time talking to us about that today. So please check that out. Go over when you are done listening to this episode of this podcast. Go over to Life Audio, lifeaudio.com. You can find some other great podcasts there. Please go and check those out. Those will be an encouragement and help to you in your faith walk. And then take some time also go to jeremystallnicker.com. That is my website, jeremystallnicker.com. Really appreciate you listening. Thank you for being a part of the conversation today. And I look forward to talking to you next time. Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. Hey friend, I'm Brooke McLaughlin, host of the Everyday Prayers Podcast, a ministry of million praying moms. And I'm here to invite you to partner with God for the hearts of your children on the daily. Our goal at Everyday Prayers is to help moms understand and pray God's word. Join us each weekday as we share insights from God's word for today's Christian mom. Tune in to the Everyday Prayers Podcast in your favorite app or by visiting lifeaudio.com.